innovate. Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. What would you say is the one strategy that's helped you grow your business? Never settling for what we have really as a business. Making sure that we keep abreast of the industry, the products that we have. We never settle and say this is the best product that we have. We're always trying to better the product that we have and trying to always compete with our competitors. So never settling for what we have as the best. This is Mick Nagel, a 52-year-old entrepreneur, founder of M-Hub and the Veganish Movement. My advice to budding entrepreneurs who are just starting out is to start a business that you're really passionate about. Start the kind of business that you'd be happy to go and work in, even if you had to work for free, because that's the kind of business that you're more likely to be most successful in, and it's the one that will make you happiest too. Welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the show for innovators and motivators, people just like you. Listen, learn and innovate. Hello and welcome to Kids' Friday Game Changers. My next guest is the only black woman to make the Sunday Times annual rich list, which ranks Britain super wealthy. Together with her husband Noel, Valerie Moran has revolutionised the financial technology world through their company, Prepaid Financial Services. If you're planning on disrupting the financial technology industry, this is a show you can't afford to miss. Put the cat out, take the phone off the hook. This is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Listen, learn and innovate. I'm Asara Lay, Chief Explorer at Cat Explorer and I love listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Welcome to the show. Game Changer Valerie Moran brings a refreshing air of tenacity to the worlds of fintech and philanthropy. Now, Head of Client Relations and Operations at Prepaid Financial Services, over the years, her analytical mind and suave management style have helped to put the company on the global regulated financial services map. Valerie lives in Ireland with her husband, Noel Moran, and together, they're considered to be one of the world's most successful couples in financial technology. Their company has now returned profits for 10 consecutive years and is thought to be preparing for an IPO. Valerie, it's great to have you with us. Well, thank you very much for having me, Kizzy. It's a pleasure to be on the show today. No, it's great that you can join us. Um, I've just been going over your background, Valerie, and and to be honest, I'm astounded. Um, How does this happen? You were born in Zimbabwe, one of five children. Your mum was a beautician. Your dad ran so many businesses from a butcher. He he had a bakery. (laughs) He even had a school uniform factory and also dabbled in property investments. You were supposed to become a nurse. What happened? Well, yes. So we'll start off with um, about my upbringing, really, now that you've touched on that. Yes, I grew up in Zimbabwe, being the eldest of five children. I grew up with a very ambitious father who wanted to have everything in the pudding, if he could do whatever, uh, every business that he could possibly venture into. They were all very small businesses, I'll be honest with you. He would have only employed about uh, some of the max five people, the school, the clothing and factory, school uniform um, 
the factory would have only had about 20 people. So they were all relatively small. But what it did at an early age, he kind of like, like instilled the fact that you need to work hard in order to be successful. So growing up, I kind of like emulated my father. This is why when I went to him and I said to him, I wanted to be a nurse, the answer was absolutely no. I'm not going to pay that tuition for you at that time. He didn't see that career as a good career going forward or it would best fit me at the time. He often said, you know, do something that, you know, you can progress from that will be able to pay the bills. At the time, I'll be honest with you, unfortunately, nursing in Zimbabwe did not pay the bills. So it wouldn't have been a very good idea to take nursing on um, because I would have had been struggling in order to meet ends in my later life, which will be now I'm in my 40s if I'd remain, unless if I'd progressed to something else. I don't regret the decision he made for me, to be honest with you. I actually take that decision that he made for me. Um, in, in, later on in, in years, when I reflect back, he actually did me a favor. Um, as a parent, that's what they're supposed to do. So I'm delighted with the decision that he chose for me. So let me get this right. Your mum and your dad both said no to being a nurse. So you decided to become a systems analyst. Yes. Now, the systems analyst was actually my mother's idea. Um, she then said to me, why don't you do something different? You know, don't go into accounting or bookkeeping or become a lawyer like everyone else would have been doing back home. Do something different. So I said to her, okay, fine, I'll look at something different. Um, and then she took me to a career guidance um, teacher that's perhaps suggested something different and she wasn't happy with that. And then we had a sit down and we looked down at all the computer technology um, courses that were coming up at that time. And then I said to her, maybe I would try. And then she said to me, go for it. So we, I ended up going to study to be assistant analyst for three years and to and I did COBOL programming at that time, which is now outdated today. But at the time, that's what I studied. And um, I studied that for a while. And then when I left my college to, to look for a job, unfortunately, I couldn't get a job as a systems analyst either in Zim because obviously employment was something at like at 79%. Mm. So the very high unemployment rates. So I ended up doing something else different in order to find a job. So how did the idea for prepaid financial services come about then? I then moved to the UK because my sister moved to the UK. I had a very uh, ambitious sister that wanted to travel. She never liked settling in Zimbabwe from a very, very young age, as early as 11 years of age. She wanted to move out of Zim and she wanted to travel the world. So when in her early 20s, she moved out of Zim and then she went to the UK when she was in the UK, she invited me over because she had no one in the UK. When she invited me over, I then came over to see, to visit my sister and I stayed in the UK. Shortly after that, she decided the UK was not for her and she left and she went to the US. So I ended up being my own again in the, in the UK. Um, then after that, I met my husband 
at the time when I met my husband, I was working in financial payments as well, financial industry, not financial payments, I have to correct that. I was working in financial services. And then um, after we met, because he was working in financial payments, he decided to leave his job in early 2008 um, at the time because that's when the UK was hit with a really bad recession. And at the time, it wasn't worthwhile for him to stay in his job. So he had been building on this idea because he had been working in the payments industry at that time. So he then said to me, listen, I have this idea regarding um, building a new company in the payment sector around prepaid cards. What do you think of the idea? He then, we then discussed the idea at the time, and quite frankly, the idea made sense. It was a very attractive idea at the time. I could see the potential in the idea. So what I did and what we agreed was that I would quit my job at that time. So I quit my job at that time that I was working in financial services, and then we started off the business in October 2008. That was obviously from home, from a kitchen table. That's when I started off on my own at that time. Um, then in 2009, um, my, my husband then joined us at the time. And then it was the three of us with our first employee. We opened up our first office on March 16, 2009. And that's how the business started from that day. What would you say was the biggest challenge in getting prepaid financial services off the ground? And how did you overcome that challenge? Well, one of the biggest challenges, obviously, I was coming from a sector, personally for myself, I was coming from a sector that was not in payments. Whilst financial services is, is it's a very broad, broad spectra. You know, financial services in insurance and financial services in the payment sector and the technologies is not the same. It's definitely not the same in terms of regulations, in terms of the third parties involved. So the challenge for me was coming on board, being the implementation manager immediately, and then also making sure I got up to speed what was happening around me because I'd be the same person trying to sell this new product that we were trying to basically venture into. So that meant I would need to educate myself very quickly so that if I sat in front of a client, I knew what was talking about. The other challenge as well was putting together the 23 um, parties that was required to build the business. So there were in order to build a prepaid company or an issuing business um, for anyone at that time, it's even more now to nowadays, you'd need about at least 23 mem parties, third parties to to put the business together and that's what I had to put together at that time and it worked out well to be honest with you but along the way there were a lot of challenges in the sense that you know I had to know what I was talking about and I had to understand what I was the requirement I was asking at the same time. You know, Valerie, I was thinking that um, you've um, just decided to embark on this remarkable career path, um, a career path that not many women would volunteer for, let alone women from an ethnic minority background. You must have been something of a, a surprise to the businesses that you uh, approached once they knew who you were and what you represented. To be honest with you, I think the challenge, um, the attraction, one of the attractions, I'll be honest, was the fact that um, I didn't know anything about the business. I saw that as an interesting challenge. 
because it meant I was going to learn something new, something that I thought would add value to me. And hypothetically, what I actually thought at the time, if it doesn't work, at least I think I could gain some kind of experience in this sector. So from even looking at it at that time, just to add to my CV, I thought it would work well. In terms of being the only um, being the only ethnic person in that industry, I'm not the only one, but there's very few and far between in that industry, I'll be honest with you. All the people and the third parties that I dealt with, I'd have to say a lot of them taught me a lot and a lot of them were very, very engaging. And also, I think self-belief was very, very important because it gives you that extra confidence, which I had a lot of, to be honest with you. So whatever anyone would have thought, I would have probably thrown it over my head because I had a lot of self-belief in myself. Mm, I think we can all relate to that, Valerie. But hold that thought. We're just going to take a quick music break and come back to our conversation in a few minutes. For anyone who's new to Kids Friday Game Changers, one question. Where have you been? This is the part of the show where we shine a spotlight on a business leader with extraordinary musical ability. We call this section Boss Star. This week's incredibly talented entrepreneur, this week's Boss Star, is Noel Dennis. Now, Noel is a professional jazz musician and MBA course leader at Teesside University in the UK. Noel uses music to offer an, an alternative approach to business education, specifically strategic management, entrepreneurship and leadership through jazz improvisation. Here he is performing with Zoe Gilby and this track is called Midnight Bell. What do you think of this? Thank you. 
I'm Kenneth Hafianyo, the founder of Jogwefa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. My Friday is never the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changes. Game Changer Show. Game Changer Show. Game Changer Show. Hi, my name's Andy Cracknell, Digital Awareness Game Changer Strategist at the GC Index, and I've been a game changer for 14,600 days. That's why I listen to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Hello, I'm Millie Vincent, and I'm going to be sharing some business tips. Think things through, but then have the courage to go for it. Take risks, but make sure they're control risks. Don't make excuses to yourselves or others why things can't be done as that's the easy option. A can-do attitude can work wonders. Challenge yourself and you'll be surprised what you can achieve. Don't overborrow. Make sure you market your business properly. Know your product or service and know who your clients are and how you're going to sell it to them. Entrepreneurs can fail because their companies are invisible to the outside world because they're loath to spending money on marketing and PR thinking it was a waste of resource. This is a huge mistake that some entrepreneurs make. When the money gets tight, you can have the best product or service in the world, but if nobody knows how good it is, they're not going to buy it. I hope you look forward to me sharing some more business tips next week. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. Before the break, you're listening to Dr. Noel Dennis, a principal lecturer and course leader for the MBA at Teesside University's Business School. And the track was called Midnight Bell. I'm in the studio talking to Valerie Moran of Prepaid Financial Services. Valerie, here's a question for you. What one habit of yours would you say makes you more productive as an entrepreneur? Well, to be honest with you, I never stop listening and I never stop learning. Um, from either my employees or my peers in the same business sector as I am. I never think I know everything. 
I think that helps you to have an open mind when you never stop learning and appreciate that you're not the best person in the room. Is always someone else in the room that can give you something that you didn't know about. Very wise words indeed. But let's um, let's talk about strategy for a minute. Now I know it is quite difficult to pinpoint one particular strategy that you can say has contributed significantly to your success. But if you had to identify one key strategy that you think has made all the difference to you and your business, what would it be? Never settling for what we have really as a business making sure that we keep abreast of the industry, the products that we have. We never settle and say this is the best product that we have. We're always trying to better the product that we have and trying to always compete with our competitors. So never settling for what we have as the best, basically. Are you ever satisfied with your performance as a business? But by that, I mean, do you ever look back and say to yourself, that was the best we could ever have done? In terms of a growth perspective, I am satisfied with what we've achieved because we've come a very, very long way. There's a lot of pressure as an entrepreneur, basically, to keep your business above water and basically keep that business as a profitable business year on year. We've managed to achieve that. And For the last 10 years, we've been a profitable business. That's very hard because you have to work extremely hard to do that. And also, when I mean work extremely hard, that means it also taps into your own personal life. So if you're going to be committed to building a successful business, you have to be committed 110% and not rest on your laurels. So this is what we've basically believed in ourselves. And basically, the output has paid off, really, in the sense that our growth has been very, very rapid over the years. I hear you. And that makes perfect sense. Um, Let's play a game for a minute. Imagine you could travel back in time and you could meet the young Valerie, who's um, got all these extraordinary ideas of the things that she wants to do. But what she doesn't have is any idea of what the future holds in store for her. What one piece of advice would you give the young Valerie based on everything you've experienced over the years that you think could really help her as she embarks on her entrepreneurial journey? My young self, I'll be honest with you, when I was growing, I didn't have much exposure. So there was a lot of an an element of naivety in me, I'll be honest with you. Maybe it it had to do with my upbringing a little bit. Um, So... Because of that naivety, I wouldn't have had the broader perspective I would have liked to have. Like when I do interviews for some of the young people, I'm just left in awe. And I think to myself, and I compare myself with some of the 14 or 15-year-olds that have come uh, to do presentations for us for the Innovation Fund for a business venture, I would have, I wouldn't have been like that. And a number of things that I would, have, the reason I wouldn't have been like that is one, lack of exposure. Two, I was very shy when I was growing up. So I would say, perhaps maybe I should have come out of my shell a lot quicker in my early, in my early teens or in my early twenties. I do feel that you know I should have put myself out there, been taking a little bit more risk. And instead of just taking the safe road or the the guided route of just listening to everyone that you should take this for a particular road and always 
put myself a little bit out there. I didn't do that much at that time. I only ended up doing that, I'd say, from the age 26, 27. Yes, that's when I ended up doing I feel that was a little bit too late. Um, not necessarily very late, but if I'd done it a little bit 10 years earlier, I think I would have been, there would have been a difference in, in some of the things I would have achieved from my own personal perspective. I, I, I think that the reason why you didn't put yourself out so much during those early formative years is that you spent too much time reading Agatha Christie novels. <laughs> yes, well, probably, probably, yes, there's a little bit of guilt there. Yes, I, I had a passion for reading all crime threats thrillers at that time when I was young and I probably read a lot of all the Harlequins and Mills and Boons everything I was a great reader and I also got that from my mum my mum read everything under the sun really she loved reading and she still loves reading today so our house always had loads and loads of books so perhaps maybe tell your mum that Kizzy said that Mm -hmm. great leaders are all readers they really are I will indeed. I'll pass on that. <laughs> uh, Valerie, we could talk for hours and hours and hours, but I know how busy you are. I can hear people hammering away at the door trying to get your attention. But for the time that, for the time that you spent with us, it has been phenomenal. It's been so good talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your insight with us, Valerie. Well, thank you very much, Kizzy, for the invitation. I really enjoyed the interview and I wish you the best of luck with your own program. Thank you so much. I must say, the short time I spent with the amazing Valerie Moran has left me thoughtful and contemplative. Just by listening to her, I've, I've learned that Steve Jobs was absolutely right when he said that great things in business are never done by one person. Being a game changer is all about passion. It's all about discipline and teamwork. In Valerie's case, she works closely with Noel and her management team to make sure the business remains on track and grows from day to day. As the great Andrew Carnegie said, teamwork is the ability to work together toward a common vision, the ability to direct individual accomplishments towards organisational objectives. It's the field that allows common people to achieve uncommon results. Listen, learn and innovate. Playing us out is 33-year-old Ghanaian entrepreneur Kenneth Hafiano. Now, Kenneth is the founder of Zabifa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta region, Ghana. When Kenneth's not training people in the fine art of batik, he's also, I'm sure you'll agree, a very, very talented musician. Here he is performing Believe in You. See you next week. Exclusive. Je
Get up, stand up, do something best for yourself You can't sit always and be asking for a help Man put it on your knee, forgot to put it on your head Believe in yourself and say that you can Believe in yourself and say that you can Believe in yourself and say that you can We're going straight to the top They don't want to believe in me yeah. How can I believe in them? They don't want to believe in me How can I believe in them? You don't want to believe How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in my dreams. How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah, 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 How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in me. How can I believe in you? You don't wanna believe in my dreams. How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah, 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 yeah.